Finally here, kicking off this weekend. Starting out on Thursday, April 23rd, we get to see stars picked from major college programs going to the NFL, hitting that next level of professional football. It also means we get to see FCS prospects being drafted and putting in positions to succeed, bursting them into the spotlight. Guys like Jeremy Chin and Adam Trauman are in play to go early on day two. Other players are more of sleepers like Derek Tuska, Isaiah Coulter, Kyle Murphy, Aaron Parker, you name it, James Robinson. There are a lot of really talented guys in this year's group like we've talked about here on the Believe in FCS football podcast. To help us on today's show, I brought on Ryan Roberts who is scouting director at NFL Draft Bible. If you're unfamiliar with NFL Draft Bible, it is one of the top sources for NFL draft content. Not just the big guys, but talking about any prospect you can find out there, making Ryan the perfect person to talk to us about the FCS crop of prospects entering the NFL next year. Ryan is also a co-host and contributor for the Brawl Network and the NFL Draft Brawl podcast that I do with him. Take a listen to the interview we had with Ryan Roberts of NFL Draft Bible. And now joining the FCS Football Podcast is Ryan Roberts, NFL Draft Analyst. Ryan, the week is finally here. We finally made it after all of this time, after the lead up over the offseason. I'm sure you especially are extremely excited uh, for this this draft week that's starting on Thursday. Yeah, man, absolutely. I know it's... uh been a long time coming it's an uh, awkward time that we talk about so often now it's uh it's nice to finally have it here because it, it, it didn't it felt like it wasn't real for a while and it didn't feel like it was going <laughs> to be here but I, i'm just i'm just excited man you know like a couple days away from you know all these months of hard work and, and doing scouting reports and watching film and now we get a chance to just sit back see if we're smart but you know and kind of just enjoy the time right now Obviously, assuming you're you're going to be stuck stuck at home like pretty much everyone else. What what are your plans for the uh, for the draft? Are you going to be working during the event, or are you just going to get to take advantage of sitting back and maybe getting on Twitter a little bit? Yeah, so so we actually have a, a pretty cool thing that we're doing at NFL Draft Bible. The whole week we're uh, we're doing a couple hours a day of draft coverage, and during the draft we are going to do a live draft show. So we're going to be doing that um, on Zoom. It's going to be live streamed uh, right on YouTube, and we'll have the link set up right through Twitter as well. So we'll have some live reactions with some, some really cool people, and it, uh, you know we, we did our first show today, so it's, uh, it's a lot of fun, and we're uh, really excited about it. Yeah, and folks, if you're interested in checking that out, check out NFL Draft Bible on Twitter at NFL Draft Bible. Ton of great content that they have going out, and then that show that you brought up is really unique and, and going to be really, really good stuff leading up to that first pick. So, Ryan, we brought you on, obviously, to talk about these FCS guys and get a little bit more of an expert perspective 
on these prospects. I just want to know who is your favorite FCS prospect right now that you've evaluated in this 2020 draft cycle? So, so I wouldn't say he's necessarily um, the best FCS prospect that I've evaluated, but I say my, my favorite one, as in like I, I sat down, didn't really know what I was expecting uh, too much, but just really, you know, I was super excited about what I saw, and I gave him a, a, a lot higher tone grade than I thought I would, and, and you know him very well, and that's Mr. Isaiah Coulter out of Rhode Island. Oh. He's uh, I, I mean, I sat down and I'm watching, you know, I, I got the Virginia Tech game on all 22, and I'm, ex- I'm expecting Aaron Parker to flash, which, you know, he did, of course. He's, he's a good football player as well. But the things I saw from Isaiah Coulter, I, I uh, you know, it was a few months ago, and I, I'm watching, I'm like, man, I, I think number eight is better than number six. Like, I, I think he <laughs> is. And then, uh, I, you know, I, I kind of didn't really hear much about Coulter because I know he's only, he's only a junior and he declared early and everything. But then it seems like people are steadily – Starting to agree with me, so so that made me feel a little smart, you know, for for a couple minutes. But uh, you know, it's just when I watched that film, man, like you saw, I think it was just like a slant or an arrow around. He took it like sixty yards because for the attack, I'm like, this kid's six two, projectable frame, and he's got some juice to him. I, I'm a big fan of Isaiah, and he was definitely one of my pleasant surprises watching so far. I honestly, you surprised me there. I wasn't expecting you to 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 pitch Zay there, but we're we're very high on him, and we talk about him a ton on the show because, uh, you know, we we've gotten to see him in person. And Sean and I made the mistake of assuming he was going to run a, a sub four four, but still very very fast forty time at the NFL Combine. Where, where do you stand on Coulter, though? Obviously, you you just talked about how much you really like him. Where do you think he's going to end up going? So I put an early third-round grade on him. I'm a huge fan. I really am. And everything that I'm starting to hear, I think third to fourth round is the range for him, even despite it being a historically deep wide receiver group. I think I think that culture is a very like person. I, I know some of the high media members, you know, the, the guys that everyone tries to look out for, um, are starting to mention him. Uh, he got some. He got definitely got some buzz during the combine. You know, even though you, you guys thought he was going to run four three, you know, four four five at six foot two is a nice time. He plays fast, and people are really noticing him. So I, I think that he's a definite chance to sneak into the second day, somewhere in the third round. I think you know, if not, I think he's a pretty early, um, or pretty early selection somewhere on day three. Yeah, he's gained a lot of steam since declaring and. I think no one really knew who he was except for those that were catching him on tape when they were watching AP. And now that he declared early, unlike a lot of people do at this FCS level as, as juniors, he, he's certainly put himself in a, a position to go earlier than expected. Speaking of coming off the board here, who, who do you think is going to be the first guy drafted out of the FCS? Is it going to be Jeremy Chin? Is it going to be Adam Troutman? I, I think it's Chin. Um, you know, people are starting to talk about him late first round. I'm not quite buying that, but I think he's definitely solidified himself into the second round conversation pretty easily. Troutman, I think, could be in a similar area just because the tight end group this year is not great. So some people might just be banking on he's a small school kid, but, you know, he went to the senior bowl, dominated, tested. You know, his 40 time wasn't great, but every other measurable at the combine was. Was a pretty nice mark, specifically the uh, short area quickness stuff. He was exceptionally well for 250 plus pounds, six foot five and a half, whatever he is, right around there. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Shin ultimately will be there, but I th- I wouldn't be surprised if Trotman at least in the ballpark. But definitely, I think uh, Jeremy Chin has put him in that 
in that um, opportunity now that he is going definitely, I think at worst, he's a mid-second-round guy. There's been some mock drafts, specifically Peter Schrager had him going 23 to the Patriots in the first round. Do you think that's a little a little too crazy? Do you think there's any chance that we might be able to get a chin or, or someone else that has a surprising rise to the first round like we had with Titus Howard last year? So, I mean, safety's just such a weird thing. Like, I could definitely see him in that range just because you can sell me on the versatility. He's actually surprisingly, you know, you would think that he's a pure box safety because he's 6'3", 221 pounds. He's a huge kid. But he actually has, you know, relatively good range for a guy his size. He moves laterally really well. My, my concern is, and maybe it's not even too much of a concern, because, you know, I'm not really worried about the level of competition, more, um, you know, um, level of competition, you know, moniker that's, that's kind of labeled on him. He went to see your ball performed well. He tested out of his mind. He's obviously an athlete. He's obviously to the athletic standpoint that he can compete with anybody. I'm not worried about him, how he's going to translate physically. My, my thing is, if I'm drafting a safety in the first round, he's got to be that free safety special vers- versatility to a coverage degree. I think that Jeremy Chin could do some stuff in short zones. I think he could play some man-to-man. I think he could do some stuff in too high situations, but I want a guy that's a true free safety type that can do uh, a lot in deep zone, can maybe play some man-to-man coverage. I want a guy that gives me a lot of coverage versatility more than alignment versatility. So that's just my thing with, with, uh, with Chin, and it's no real knock against him at all. It's just for the role he plays, I don't know if I consider that a first-round worthy player as a safety. Going back to Adam Troutman, what are your thoughts on on him as a prospect? What really stood out to you on tape? What do you think's kind of holding him back right now? He's, I mean, he's really fluid, and it's surprising for a guy his size. He wins in the air. I mean, extraordinary body body um, body control through contact. He reminded me honestly, and you know, this is not an indicator of success. This is just from a skill set, body type perspective. I thought I saw a lot of Hunter, Hunter Henry that plays with the Chargers when I watched this film. I, I feel like they win in similar ways. And I think the only thing that's really setting him back is just he's going to have some matchups where he's going to play against, you know, more athletic safeties. It feels like safeties are just getting so much bigger. You think about the Derwin Jameses of the world and the, the Jeremy Chins that are coming in the league now, too. So you're going to have a slight size advantage, but I just worry if Adam Troutman is linear, explosive enough to take advantage of those guys up to see consistently. I know he can win in the air, but I want to see if there's ways that he can win, whether it's as a route runner or just as an athlete. I want him to create separation other than in the air. But, you know, from a from a talent-wise perspective, I'm sold on him. I just really want to see if he's able to win in another area besides just winning in the air. So going off the track of these bigger name guys that we've we've talked about a lot and a lot of analysts are talking about, who are some lesser known guys that maybe aren't getting enough buzz right now that, that you're high on and you think have some, some serious potential? Uh, so, I mean, a couple guys. I, I think James Robinson from Illinois State, like, I, I don't think that he's ever going to be a true number one running back, but, like, he just runs so hard, man. There's just such a dependability about him. And he, you know, went to the comedy and didn't run fast, but, like, if you watch his film, he's not fast. It's fine, though. He's explosive, though, in short areas, which is more important. 
reminded me a little bit of Chris Ivory, who's you know been able to, to create a niche in the NFL for a while here. And I feel like that's what James Robinson's going to do. He's just going to be good enough. He's going to be a, a, a part of the committee um, approach in a running back backfield. I, I think that he's just super solid. Um, and then, you know, another guy that I feel like I'm a little higher on than some, and I, I really do like um, Luther Kirsch out of Illinois State as well. Another Illinois State guy. I didn't even realize that until I just <laughs> said it. But he's um, he's a taller safety, right around 6'2", six, 6'2 two, six, two and a half. Pretty smooth athlete. Has some, you know, surprising range. I, I think he's a little stiff in the sense of, like, I don't think that he – changes directions very fast, but when he is able to flip his hip and he turns and runs, he's a pretty good athlete. He can move a little bit. He has a little bit of versatility to him. So, guy that, you know, I think he went to the East-West game, did some nice stuff, um, played a little single high even. I, I think he gives you a little bit of coverage versatility, and I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to hurt here his name until somewhere late day three, but I think as a Death safety place and specialties. I think that Luther Kirk has an opportunity to make a roster next year. So I've got a bit of a, a lesser known name here. Uh, Mel Kuyper is a bit high on him because he's such a, a huge tight end. I, I just wanted to hear your thoughts because we, we brought him up on uh, the, the earlier show in the week. Be, and I honestly admit it, I have not seen him play or really even knew much about him until Kuyper brought him up. But do, do you have any thoughts on um, Southern Illinois tight end Nigel Kilby? Yeah, so uh, I actually um, I I I, uh, I reached out to him actually in, in summer scouting because he's a kid that started at Eastern Michigan, had some had some production, and then he uh, ended up at Southern Illinois. And again, as a junior, he caught a decent amount of touchdowns. He's a huge kid. Now he went to the he went to his pro day, and he he was like six seven, two hundred fifty five pounds or something. Ran like four six five. And, wow vertical pretty well. Like, he's a very athletic kid. He, he kind of looks the part. But this past year, and I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that I really go deep into his film, but he, the production was just absent for a guy that, that is that athletic profile, that physical profile. I need to see something jump off the film a little bit. I just feel like nothing really materialized from him this year for whatever reason. But I think he's a priority free agent that is going to get a look because, you know, you don't make guys that are 6'7", 255, running 4'6". Like, you just don't make those guys too often. So, an interesting player. I, I feel like he might be more athlete than he is a football player right now, though. Yeah, that was the the kind of the gist that I was getting. And I think it was part of the reason why I didn't we didn't really – um, have any word on him was because he's mostly an athlete and he didn't really have any production. He didn't really pop off the the page statistically. He wasn't one of the guys that really were on our radar. Radar. Speaking of of, of radar, I just got one more question for you, and it's not about the 2020 draft, but rather maybe 2021 or further. And I, I know on Twitter I've seen you do a, a couple threads, and you talked about Trey Lance from North Dakota State. And for FCS fans, and particularly our North Dakota State listeners, they love Trey Lance. The guy didn't throw an interception this past year, and he did a lot of really good things for the Bison. What are your thought, initial thoughts just from seeing him a little bit uh, play last season? Yeah, and, and I, I don't blame North Dakota State fans for being absolutely in love with Trey Lance. I mean, the fact that he threw – I mean, he had like 42 total touchdowns and didn't throw a single interception. Like, that's the craziest stat I've ever heard in my life, I think. I mean, honestly, and that's, that's no hyperbole at all. I feel like I've never heard a stat quite like that. Um, 
it's a crazy redshirt sophomore class coming up in the FCS, and you also had um, Under Kuffler from Albany, who's a very talented player. But, like, when we watched Lance, and I did a full breakdown of him on YouTube, and I will say he's not pressed too much as a passer right now. Every Everything is predicated off of play action, off of the number situation. They're a heavy run team. But from a physical perspective, this kid, this kid is six foot three, two hundred twenty three, two hundred twenty five pounds. He's a gifted athlete. He can run. I I felt like I was watching a young a young Donovan McNabb, and he was playing. Wow. There was something about him, and, and from a just an arm perspective, this kid has a hose. He can make every throw on the field. It's absolutely ridiculous. I don't think that he's ready yet from a fundamental perspective. And I made a post yesterday because I feel like everyone popped it on that on that bandwagon of, of uh, Trey Lance early. And I, I don't blame him. I mean, I, I think he's one of the more talented quarterbacks potentially in next year's draft. And whether it's a redshirt sophomore declares earlier from the FCS level, which would be unprecedented, if that happens, that's a completely different ballgame and a completely different story. But he's one of the more talented signal callers in college football regardless of level. Now, I made a post because people I, I see are just being very general, like, oh, man, all that talent, uh, you know, you just need to clean up some stuff technical. And it's just so broad. I'm like, tell me what that means. What, what do you need to, to, to watch? Because I watch the tape. I know what I think, but I feel like guys evaluating on, on, you know, just in certain situations just aren't specific in what they're looking at. So when I watch Trey Lance, he does some of the stuff Mahomes does, and he has the arm where he can get away with it, but a lot of times his upper body and lower body are very disconnected. His front, his front foot is not pointing towards the target. His hips are not aligned. His chest is not facing. There's a lot of things that just need to be cleaned up, but if we're just talking from a pure talent perspective, this, this kid's up there with the just the fields of the world. He's up there with Trevor Lawrence. It is not an exaggeration from a talent perspective. If you just take his arm, athleticism combined with his size, he's one of the most talented signal callers in the in the in the, uh, in the country, regardless of of, uh, of level of competition. Trey Lance is the real deal, and I, you know, selfishly as an evaluator, I want him to be in next year's class. I don't know if that's going to happen though, obviously, but definitely. You know, to answer your question, there is special traits there. And uh, if he's able to take, you know, just even a nut step up, not only is FCS football going to be a long year for every opponent that plays him, but <laughs> NFL evaluators are going to continue to buzz. And he might be a kid that is that rare exception as a redshirt sophomore on the FCS level besides the clerk for the draft. It would be unprecedented, and I am completely here for that conversation. Yeah, that would be incredible if, if he actually chose to do that. And just because he's eligible doesn't mean he's going to do it. But Trey Lance is not exactly your your typical redshirt sophomore. Things that he did as a, a redshirt freshman playing at a high level and winning a national championship. Ryan, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on today's show. Wishing you the best of luck uh, this weekend. But thanks again. Hopefully we have you on again in the future. Absolutely, Jeff. Anytime you want, man, I really appreciate you having me on. The NFL Draft kicks off on Thursday with the Cincinnati Bengals on the clock first at 8 o'clock. Make sure you tune in on day one and also through day two and day three to see where these FCS guys fall for rounds two through seven. That's going to be it for us here on the FCS Football Podcast. I'm Joe DeLeon. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe DeLeon. You can follow Sean at Sanderson Radio. Also be sure to follow at Believe Podcasts. 
and go to their website, Believe.com, spelled B-L-E-A-V.com, to see all of the amazing shows that they have on their site and a part of this amazing network. You can also find our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, you name it, we are there. Next week, we're going to be recapping the NFL Draft and moving on to the next conference, which will be the Pioneer League. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.